This is the Wellsprings Word. Hey everybody, back here on the Wellsprings Word. We're going to continue our conversation with Wallace Coles about uh, realities of racism in America, the observations of a man who's, who's lived it out. And um, this is the second part of our conversation. And the first part was very interesting. Man, in the second part, we just keep ramping up, man. We, we have some, um, some pretty interesting just points that we, that we address and we talk about. And so we're going to get into the, re- the next piece of the conversation. I hope it's a blessing to you. I hope you just keep listening with an open ear and an open heart to what this man has got to share. And I'll be back at the end to share a little bit more with you. 99.9% of the law enforcement officers are doing their job, doing it well. You get that 0.1%. I don't care what color they are. They're a bad cop. Yeah. You know, and they, well, cop shooting blacks. Um, And I sit back and go, look at Chicago. You had 50 people shot in one weekend. That's black on black. Where are the activists then? If you're so concerned about Black Lives Mattering, why aren't you in Chicago picketing? Why aren't you in Chicago helping them get their poop in a group so they quit <laughs> whacking one another and nine-year-old people, girls and boys are killed in their house because a stray bullet comes to the wall? But no, you're going to go picket somewhere else because it's convenient, it's a sound bite. And it does nothing. Mm. But if you go to Chicago, oh, now you got to deal with reality. Okay. You know, we're, we all, all humans have the ability to treat other humans well or not, regardless of their color. And it's not an inherent racism and it's not an inherent bigotry, if you will. We all are prejudiced against something. I don't like people who won't learn. I didn't say they couldn't learn. I said they won't learn. Well, Mm. I don't want to work that hard. Then you will get fired. You didn't get fired because you were black. You got fired because you showed up late three days in a row, and on the fourth day you were drunk. So you get fired from the job. It's not because you were black. Yeah. And, And to me, it cheapens it when you do have an episode of that. I mean, I remember the whole Rodney King thing way, way back when. Sure. And they showed the video of the black guys grabbing a truck driver out of his truck, beating him and even hitting him in the head with a brick. That is a racial attack also. Yeah. And to, and to me, it's like, no, an attack on a person is an attack on a person, regardless of their race, of the attacker, or the victim. Yeah. And so let, let, let's just pull that whole racism and color thing out and make it about they're a person. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's a, it's such a fascinating perspective, right? Because, again, if we were involving, you know, they, the, the, like I say, the, the nameless mob, they, they never have anybody to actually articulate their point. They just constantly announce you know, how it's supposed to be, right? So, for example, by their definitions, you're a minority in in the United States as a black man. Right. Now, you and I live in Wyoming. 
we know for a fact you are a minority <laughs> in Wyoming, right? Yes. So, 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 so we know that. So what I thought would be kind of fun as we're, as we're kind of moving toward the end here is to take recent headlines that are a, the rage and get your response to it as a black man living in America, right? Okay. Because a whole bunch of people are on TV talking about how you feel. <laughs> but I'm curious how you really feel. Okay. Okay. So, so let's we'll, we'll we'll do we'll we'll do kind of hot button first. We'll do a general one that's not a specific story. So answer this question for our audience: Are you as easily offended as they say you are? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, now you know why I'm asking, right? Yeah, because, I, I know why you're asking, and and what offends me more is that. <laughs> don't be offended on my behalf. You're not me. Mm. I'm me. If I'm not offended, why are you? Wow. Go, go get your own life. Stop trying to live mine. <laughs> now you realize if this has been shared around with anybody from the left, you just literally cause somebody's head to explode, right? You, you understand? That's amazing. So, so, because, <laughs> I'm only laughing, you know, like I say, it's it's such a hot button thing now. Everybody feels like they have to make sure they explain every bit of emotion. I'm not laughing at anybody who's ever actually been damaged because of bigotry. Right. That's horrible. We're going to get to that in a second. But I am laughing at how many times I have watched people who clearly have never had an issue because they're mostly on television they're mostly white, they're mostly wealthy, they're mostly entertainers, and they do that thing. That's why I started laughing, because they do that very thing, right? They're like, I am so, and they love, don't you, they love the word outraged. Yes. And the word outraged means I have so much rage I can't control it. So by definition, if you are looking into a TV camera and calmly announcing that you're outraged, you're not actually outraged. Like, that That doesn't even make sense. But it became the, the phrase, right? right. I, it's outrageous how... so. And so you're saying you really don't need these rich liberals being offended on your behalf. No. <laughs> okay. Because if someone offends me, I'm going to tell them. And sometimes it's not even worth my breath sure. to tell them that. I mean... Um, like I said, I, I, uh, when I became a Christian, you know, a real Christian, not just a label that you stick on and claim it, but actually walking it out with Jesus. I actually had a man come to me and ask me to forgive him in tears because he was a former Klansman. Wow. And he's like, man, the love you've shown me, this is what I was. And I was able to tell him, yeah, I think that's in one of the letters. That's what you were. It's not who you are now. Yeah. And we were friends. Now, there are those who would go, well, how can you forgive him? Well, Jesus forgave all of us, and we treated him way worse. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. And I, you know, so you mentioned, um, you mentioned the Rodney King thing. Yes. Right? So, and, and, and again, you know, it's fine. This, the, what this is all about is you be completely honest. Yes. Okay, so. We're going to go back and forth. I'm going to tell you what I saw as a white guy. Yeah. And then you tell me if you saw something else 
as a black man. Okay. Because, again, they are saying we see it totally different, okay? Okay. So when I watch the video of the Rodney King beating, the arrest and then him getting beat like that. Yep. This is this is what I feel like I'm I look and I say okay I actually don't have the ability to know whether it was racially motivated because that would require me to have content space in the hearts of those men mm-hmm. and I don't have that so I can't even I that's what I see I can't speak to it so then instead I watch it and it is horrible and sick and wrong, and every cop involved in it should have been immediately terminated, and they should have all answered for it. But that would be true if they had beat up anybody yes. like that. Well, and they had, So that's what I see. What do you see? I see the same thing. And, and let's bring it forward a little bit. In Baltimore recently, not too far long ago, they had an individual who died in custody, He was beaten up by six Baltimore PD cops. Three of them were black, one of them a woman. So was that racial or was it just bad cops? Yeah. And to me, it doesn't matter the color of the cop or the color of the victim. You don't do that. If you're a cop, you do your job. And like I said, 99.9% of them, because I've interacted with a bunch Mm-hmm. On good terms, not just woo, not none of yeah. that. But um, they do their job. They respect. They want respect. The Rodney King thing, yeah, they should have been locked up, fired, and locked up immediately. The same thing with Baltimore. Fire them, lock them up immediately. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter the color. Yeah. So then the riot that happened in L.A. after the Rodney King thing. So people get mad because the cops were acquitted of having done anything wrong, okay? Now, depending on who's listening to us right now, this could be a very surprising thing for a white guy to say. That makes me sick, okay? I don't know how in the world you watch that video and then come up with it was a justified use of force for six, seven guys to surround somebody laying on the ground and beat them with sticks. Right. Right? Like, so So as a, as a white man in America, that decision by that court is disgusting. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely wrong. Nothing about that makes any sense. I personally, uh, you know, we talk about this, but for purposes of just for context for the audience listening, I really struggle a lot for myself with the the what I see as the imbalance just in general of what happens with the cops, right? Because mm-hmm. because you know, let's be real. If you and I go beat somebody on the ground with a couple of nightsticks, we go to prison for the rest of our lives and we don't get to go into court. Yeah. And be like, "Well, while they were writhing around, they tried to get up, so we felt like we were in danger." You know what I mean? Like that yeah. doesn't work for normal people. So when the cops always can pull that card, and I'm not anti-police at right. all, but I am kind of mystified sometimes the the latitude they get when they do go to court 
because there's not anybody with eyes watching that Rodney King tape that believes those cops are in any danger whatsoever. No. And they just beat that man into the ground. So when he when they were acquitted of that, I was as I was I thought that was as gross of a decision as anybody. Like I 100%. But then to watch the riot be in my opinion stirred like you say by these activist types right yes so let me ask you this the riot is happening in protest basically to the police conduct in the assault of rodney king is, is right. what they say was the whole thing so now la is having a riot based on this problem that they're having because of what happened to rodney king and as somebody watching it on television i'm thinking to myself a no protest gives rodney his life back b no protest gets those cops put in jail and c when you're done protesting and you burned down your own neighborhood i'm not following how that's achieving and I, again, I'm not making light. I get it. You're mad. You're frustrated. It was a horrible decision. I completely agree. But if when you're done making your point, it really, from the outside looking in, it ends up looking like, okay, the people in those neighborhoods wound up hurting themselves. Yes. Well, and more recently, they're finding out some of the rioters aren't from those neighborhoods. That's true. That's been a thing lately is they, people moving around. They, yeah. they're, they're moving around, and I sit back and go, okay, so you're burning down businesses, you're burning down houses, and then you say the neighborhood's a shambles. You did it. True. Was it wrong? Yes. So how do you fix that? You don't burn down your neighborhood. That's where a true leader would step in, de-escalate. Yeah, how do we fix this? Let's elect some people who change the law so that when a cop does this, they go and do hard time. They don't just walk. Yeah. So it doesn't be so that leader, instead of just stirring it up and being emotional and getting everybody, let's trash everything that's not even ours and let's loot and burn and all this. Yeah. But now it's L.A. They've had a history there of. At that time, cops not being good, bad leadership. Um, so it was like a pressure cooker, and it went off. Yeah, That's what happened. But at the same time, if you're going to be a, quote, black leader, then learn how to lead towards something that builds and that doesn't destroy and that's not about you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what I see. I, I I find myself oftentimes having the same thought process that you just articulated. When I watch some of this going on, I keep thinking like, okay, there needs to be a leader to channel this energy and this passion for some change and channel it towards something that would actually change it. Yes. Rather than just being this emotional outburst and then everyone, you know, 
all the pundits are on TV talking about how it happened, why it happened, whatever. Yes. And then the situation on the ground is it's not only not the same, it's actually worse mm -hmm. when it's all done. So then if we come, you know, that was to especially to some of the younger part of we have people on our audience young enough that they're probably Googling like who was Rodney King, right? Like they have no idea. <laughs> right. So so if now we come forward to one that everybody watched, okay. So as a white guy watching George Floyd. Mm -hmm. being killed by that cop right disgusting yes the worst thing i think i probably have watched honestly maybe in my life and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to drum that up right because if you if you shoot somebody i saw somebody get shot one time that you you pull the trigger the damage is done you gotta be some kind of sick individual to just slowly choke the life out of somebody that's yes. underneath your knees. Like, that's on a level that's not even human to me. Right. Okay? And I, when I first saw it, I was so sickened by it because, and uh, some friends that I have know that, you know, one of the points that I was making right away that just when the cops were kind of coming out with, their side of the story you know he kept resisting he kept resisting he kept resisting and i'm telling you and i've said it to other people and i'm saying it to you and i'm saying it to anybody that's listening okay how about no i challenge anybody alive to lay down on their stomach on the ground put your hands in your back pockets and get up yeah, you you can't. can't do it. No. So the idea that this man on his stomach handcuffed between a curb and a car wheel could even get up to be any kind of, of course, you know, with his hands cuffed behind his back, he's this huge danger to these four fully armed cops, right? Like the whole, yeah. the whole narrative that the cops came out with was just disgusting. Like... So when the court went the way it went, I, for one, somebody watching this, right, again, they, the, the masses, right. say that we have to look at this differently. I'm curious if we do. I think George Floyd was murdered by the police. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, watching the thing. But we're back at the same spot. I can't know if it was racially motivated because I don't know Derek Chauvin's heart. Right. I don't know why he thought he needed to do that. What I know is what I can watch. That is a super sick individual choked a man to death being videotaped while he did it because he was so arrogant. Right. And I was thrilled when they sent him to prison. Absolutely thrilled. Like, good. We all watched this. This was sick. Yep. And you, and you dealt with him, Right. But again, we wind up back at the same spot. I would hope that if he had suffocated out an Asian man or a Latino guy or, God forbid, right, in some guy's eyes, another white dude, <laughs> it would have been just as sick, yes. just as murderous, and just as horrible. So what did you see when you watch it? Well, and that's the thing. It was murder. Period. 
doesn't matter if male, female, white, black, what, whatever flavor, it was murder. And, and to, to sit there and go, well, it was racial. Like I said, I don't know what was in his heart. He could kill anybody. Yeah. You know, serial killers don't care. I mean, yeah, they all got their little niche that they do, but sure. <laughs> but to be able to sit back and, you know, the pundits and the talking heads and all that, well, it must be racially motivated. Why? Hmm. If it was a black cop and it was a white victim, would it be the same? Would that be racial? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it goes back to people are people are people. Yeah, people are people are people. And and for me, looking at uh, hmm, the community response, if you will, when you have riots, when you have all that mess, to me it rolls back again to if you're going to proclaim yourself as a leader in the community, learn how to lead in a positive way. So instead of burning it down, you build something. Wow, yeah. yeah. And if you can't, get out of the way. Let somebody else lead. Yeah. So you probably noticed, this is what we're going to end on, is a little biographical information. You probably noticed that I have not asked you anything about where you came from or your family or your upbringing or anywhere else, any, anything else, right? Right. On purpose, because another piece of the narrative out there in that nameless mob that is quite sure of how your life has gone, and they're quite <laughs> sure how I must feel about your life, right? Right. So they are positive that, like you said, if you didn't have privilege just handed to you, Right? Right. There's no way you could make it. So you are sitting here talking to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the game from their side of the court. Okay. Okay. You are sitting here talking to me. You have a career, you're educated, articulate, very well spoken, you have not been in trouble with the cops, have not had all of these different things. Okay, maybe a little. Okay, that's fine. But but here's the thing. So then that from their definition means it's because your family had money, your mom and dad were awesome, they were college educated, right? <laughs> to them, you, you were a Huxtable, right? Before, right. We, before we knew all that was wrong with Bill. Like the whole, <laughs> the Huxtable thing, like, right. Right, that's how they would tell it. So then is that your reality or what was your home life like? No, my dad left when I was seven. My mom raised three boys by herself. Mm. Um, the way I got through college is I worked during the summer. I worked whenever I was on break. And because my dad was a disabled vet and I was his son, I got financial assistance that just covered tuition and room okay. and board when I stayed on campus. But I had to work in the summer. Okay. And I worked my way through school. When I first got out of school. Now, you uh, mentioned you were from Virginia, right? Yes. Okay. So where did you go to college? I went to James Madison University, which is a state school. Okay. So, no, I didn't go to some high-powered Ivy League. If I had op the opportunity, I wouldn't have anyway. Because back in 
back then it was so preppy I wanted nothing to do with that kind of mess sure. um, and as for my career I worked I did the dirty jobs you know I didn't yeah. come out of school expecting I'm going to step into this high paying job right out of the boat I figured I'm going to have to work my way up and that's basically how it happened I worked my way up I worked long hours um, got respect of colleagues, of um, clients. I mean, uh, when I was in Wy- when I came to Wyoming working, the client I was working for called me in his office. I thought I was in trouble. He said, as my site safety manager, and I was a site safety manager for this project, all the contractors on the site, all the other companies had their safety person, but they had to go through me to get to the client. I was head of it. Um, there were some guys who didn't like that from Louisiana. <laughs> Imagine sure. that. Um, but he said, you're doing more work than your other predecessors, and I know you get paid less. I'm writing your CEO a letter. I'm like, oh, okay, because you yeah. need a raise. Two months later, I got a 19% raise. Nice. And I'm sitting back going, I didn't ask for this. Sure. But they said, you deserve this. I didn't ask for it. I didn't go begging. I didn't demand it. They sat back and went, he earned this. Yeah. So, no, it was not Huxtable. <laughs> you know. And, and I, I point to a guy who's way more accomplished than me, Dr. Ben Carson. He was raising the projects by a single mom. Yeah. People forget that because they want to label him as a sellout on Uncle Tom because he didn't do it yeah. the way – that nebulous they say it has to be done. Sure. That you can't get out of your, um, you can't get out of the projects or the this or the that. You can't get out of government. Um, to me, one of the traps, if you will, is if you're on public assistance, to me, it should help you a leg up. Instead, the way it works, if you start working and succeeding, they cut it all off instead of giving mm-hmm. you just enough to help you get going and then gradually cut back as you fill in what you need. Yeah. It should be a help, not a all or nothing. Sure. And then, then it becomes a trap. So um, in the culture right now, there's a lot of people that would, like you say, when you, I love how you said that earlier when you said, don't be offended on my behalf. Yes. So, but given your story, and then watching liberal media, right? <laughs> yeah. So there are plenty of people that would love to be offended on your behalf. And so do you feel like as a young guy coming out of a family, your father's a disabled vet, you said they got you some veteran benefits to help you with school. Yes. Right? There's a whole crowd in the country that would say to you, you were owed more than that because you're black. You are owed something because you were starting out from such a disadvantaged place and somebody should have given you, somebody should have given your mom a bunch of money. Somebody somebody should have given you a bunch of money. Somebody should have, you should have been able to go to any Ivy League school you wanted. 
because that's, that's what should have been given to you because of the historical narrative of how America has treated people in the past, right? Right. So that's a whole big talking point right now, reparations, and somebody should come along. Now, I really would love to know and be completely honest, but I mean, honestly, how do you feel when you hear that? Like when they say, see, you shouldn't have had to work that hard. Somebody should have helped you because you were owed that because of the course that you were set on as a young, uh, as a young lad. What's your, what's your feeling toward that? If we roll all the way back to the whole civil rights thing, when it started, it wasn't about give me because you owe me. It was give me a level playing field. Okay. Give me a level playing field. Don't set up more barriers in my path than anyone else has. And we all start at the same place. We have a level playing field, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. I mean, I, I like history. Um, I finally saw an article that somebody was honest. You know, this is going to mess up some people's minds. That's okay. Um, the slave trade across the Atlantic. 97% of the slaves shipped across the Atlantic went to South America, not North America. Mm. Only 3% came to North America. The majority of slaves who were shipped here were sold by other African tribesmen. It was tribal war they lost. Mm. So they were sold by the winning tribe. It wasn't a bunch of Europeans running around the African continent kidnapping people. They wouldn't have survived very long. Sure. Because they were some serious armies over there. I mean, the history, yeah. is, the history is rich. But that was the reality. You were a defeated tribe. The tribe sold you to the Arabs who sold you to the Europeans. So I sit back and go, no, I wasn't owed anything. If you gave me a level playing field, great. That's all, that's all I expect. Yeah. I don't expect something given to me. You know, the folks yelling for reparations, you know, there's tons of people who could scream for that. Yeah. But tribal war is still going on on the African continent. And I don't call it the country of Africa. It's a continent. Different countries, different tribes. It's still going on. Yeah. And we brought it with us. So I sit back and go, level playing field. You're not owed anything. Man, what a what a what a great statement. Not owed anything. I mean, it's just a, it's a powerful perspective. So I hope that as you're here in his heart and as we're having this conversation, um, you know, one of the um, big questions that people ask about things like this, you know, what if somebody's getting offended or what if the way we're talking about it is offensive or what if somebody's listening to it and the, you know, we're, words we're using or the way we're expressing it is offensive. And I want to really encourage anybody having any thoughts like that. Um, being offended isn't lethal. Being offended doesn't damage you. Being offended isn't leaving a scar, all of that stuff. Being offended is just a momentary problem that you're having with something that you heard. 
Um, people get offended every day, and they live through it just fine. And the fear of offending people is what's causing the conversations to not happen. And so we're not caving into that. So if you are offended, um, I'm sorry, our goal is not to offend you, but we're not going to stop having the conversation because you're offended. Um, the truth often confronts whether that's the gospel truth that we need to repent of our sin and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or just truth and reality. You go to your doctor, he tells you, hey, you're overweight and your cholesterol is high, and that's a truth, and it's a truth you don't like, and it offends you, and then you process it and you take it on board. So I have no doubt that as we're discussing this and this brother's sharing his truth, how life really is for him. I'm sure there's somebody that can find a way to be offended about that. But we're not going to stop having the conversation because you're going to be offended. We're going to invite you to grow and come up and get past being offended and to keep listening. So I hope this conversation is a blessing to you. Um, God wants us to be whole and God wants us to be representatives of Jesus Christ who aren't broken down along barriers like racism or bigotry. And so I hope that you're hearing something that's helping you grow. And we'll be back with, with part three real quick. Bye-bye.